Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Welcome to Tuesday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. All right, here we go. A little something from each of your lives. Eddie, good morning to you. What's going on with you? Good morning. So, Bones, you're really big on the whole don't snooze, just get up, right? Well, because you're going to have to get up anyway. And why not set your alarm to the absolute latest point where you can actually get good, pure sleep the whole time? I think you're actually robbing yourself of good sleep by tricking your mind into going, I'm getting extra sleep, which you're not. So just sleep to the absolute latest point and then Get your butt out of bed. That's your case. And I've it's tried not my it. Case. That is your case. And I've tried it. And it just doesn't work. I do like hitting snooze. But now my wife is on your side of the story. Probably because you have to wake up early and wakes her up. Yep. I do. And <laughs> since the new year came around, I'm like, hey, I'm going to try to wake up an hour and a half before I normally do just so I can like warm up the voice. But why would you do all that? You don't mind. have an hour and a half. That's crazy. Yeah. I want to like, you know, maybe go walk outside for a little bit. I like it in theory, but go ahead. And but what I'm doing is setting the alarm clock an hour and a half before I normally do. Hit snooze for about an hour and a half. She's hating life right now. And now she's like, just stop it. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in another bedroom if you keep, keep hitting snooze. <laughs> just think about it like this. Do you want the most best sleep you can possibly get? I do. So instead of snoozing an extra 15, 20 minutes, because there's a point to where you just have to wake up. You can't. There is the absolute minute where I'm like, I have to get up at this time. So let's just say it's 4 a.m. Yeah. You have to get up by 4 a.m. Why would you set your alarm to 3.30 and then have 30 minutes of bad sleep, snoozing up and on, up and on? Because all you're doing is convincing the less intelligent part of you that that's extra. It's not. Yeah, there is another person at three in the morning. It's not me. And they make that decision. No, it is. This is where... It's, <laughs> it's not me. That person... You will feel better if you set your alarm to the absolute latest point and then just get up because you're getting the most best sleep. Okay, I'm going to try it. Try it. I am. Amy used to snooze. She hasn't oh, snoozed in years. I snooze once, all the time. Amy. Actually, listening to y'all talk about this, Bobby, you know how sometimes you describe taking a sip of Coke 
And it's like, and just, oh, oh. yeah. Like right now, I'm picturing being able to snooze just once. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know it's amazing. Like, it would be awesome. But yeah. I'm telling you, it's better on this side. And now I haven't, I haven't been snoozing for a couple few years now. And it's great. The only time the snooze works is if you get to snooze past your absolute latest point. Because that's a little bit of extra. And that's not possible. Otherwise, that's not a real snooze. Right. That's just you waking yourself up earlier than you have to. Yeah. yeah. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. Okay, man. Thank you, Eddie. All right, over to Lunchbox. Lunchbox. Okay, artists, when they get a number one song, they have these number one parties where we always get invited, and they're always the same lame thing. Come have a drink and pizza or uh, drinks and uh, burgers. Jelly Roll, who sings Son of a Sinner. I wouldn't have got it from his version of it. Mm. No. What? It sounded like uh, what? Uh, Nothing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. your melody was... Go ahead. So anyway, he sent out an invite to his number one party, and you can get tattoos at the number one party. Wow. It says, Tattoos by Colby Hunter. So Colby Hunter is going to be there giving away tattoos at the number one party. Anything you want? I guess. Is this something that you're interested in doing? I was just like, that is the absolute coolest thing. So I thought, who wants to get a tattoo with Jelly Roll? Well, so never trust Lunchbox or depend on him because this already happened like a week ago. Oh, oh it did? Yeah. This, you dumbo. All that happened. <laughs> it's already happened, but, yeah. Yes, but that was like last week. <laughs> oh, I missed it then. Yeah, you I didn't miss it. My and also, you don't have any tattoos, and nor do you want a tattoo. So I know, why but would, how cool. But you do like free burgers, so I don't understand why that one's bad and this one's cool. <laughs> I just thought that was cool because they're all the same over and over again, but this one actually had something different that's like, man, I'd go just to watch people get tattoos. You want to watch people what? get tattoos? That's so boring. <laughs> Is that your thing? That's weird. <laughs> I mean, just randomly getting a tattoo at a number one party, like, oh, you know, I'm here, might as well get one. It I mean, that's different, yeah. It's different. Yeah, it's different, but a couple things you said were weird. <laughs> yeah. We're also different. Okay. Amy, over to you. So I was on Facebook Marketplace and I saw a mausoleum for sale. It's like where you put dead bodies, basically. Is yeah. it? Oh, oh, wow. What? The big ones. This one in particular is a walk in one that holds six people. It includes caskets. I think it can actually fit more than six. That's just like when you walk yeah, in. You want it space. says something like it comes with 16 <laughs> casketed in-ground burials. That's weird. And it's right here in town. So I was thinking we could all, the Bobby Bone Show could buy this and why, we all why, fit in there. But why would, I don't I'm want to first of all bury with you guys. With you guys. Yeah, yeah, stop that. <laughs> I've, I've barely been able to do this for 20 years. <laughs> and whoever buys that? I need to look at their search history on their computer. Uh, how much? Be- it also comes with two benches. I mean, if you really want one, I get it. You want to put it. Who out, wants well, one? Well, Families. Yeah, and if you want to put it at a literal graveyard, like you take it because they have to buy. You have to buy those anyway, and they mm-hmm. get brought in. So maybe they're buying one to put there in well, a cemetery. Yeah. Well, I think uh, someone must have inherited this. Maybe someone else in the family bought this, and I guess they don't want it for whatever reason. And now they're selling it on Facebook Marketplace for two hundred and forty-five thousand dollars. I thought she had two hundred forty-five bucks. Yeah, I'd buy no. it. Two. Wow, that's a house. Because it's a lot of. You know how much it is to bury people. It's a lot. Or cremate, even. Sounds like they have a, in a nice place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Then if you do come alive, you're like, well, at least I have shelter. <laughs> I'm <laughs> in a nice home. Okay, I'll go. Uh, there, it's a select group of folks. I've been saying, hey, why do I keep fat shaming my bulldog? First of all, animals don't know what shame is. Mm-hmm. He also doesn't listen to the show. He also doesn't know what this show is. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> There's no sense of ethics within an animal. By the way, ethics, really bad idea in general because without ethics, there would be no, no bad. Because ethics were made to show what was bad versus what was good. But if you didn't know what bad was, there would be... Anyway, that's the whole thing. Animals yeah. don't have any ethics at all. My point is, I'm not fat shaming a dog. He doesn't know what shame is. 
and it's funny, and he is a fat bulldog. And so I listed out all these funny names about him. For example, the new one I came up with is Fatsy Klein. Oh. <laughs> yes, I like that one. So <laughs> I was having a talk with him yesterday. Listen, Garth Brooks. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That was kind of dirty. <laughs> and he didn't know what I was talking about, so I feel good. It's a funny bit. I'm not fat shaming anybody. It's a fat bull. He is a fat bulldog. That's it. And he doesn't care. So you, there's a lot of stuff I say that people say is controversial. This is not it. This is not it. So that's all. I'm not even addressing. I'm not humoring this anymore. This is the one that gets you canceled. Fat shaming your own dog. Can you imagine on TMZ? He called him Fatsy Klein. America erupted. That's Fatsy it. McConaughey. That's all. Yes. Said he went to the Church of Latter Day Saints. <laughs> yeah. They protest me because I say he's from the Church of Fatter Day Saints. <laughs> okay, that's all. Glad you guys are here. Time for the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. I'm in eighth grade. I would like your advice because I am the captain of the quiz bowl team at my school. We're going to state this weekend. I'm a girl captain on a team of mostly boys. I would love some advice on how to be successful. Our school hasn't won at state in a long time, and I would love to inspire more girls to do quiz bowl by winning. What advice do you have on being a good leader? Thanks. Sign questioning quiz bowl. Well, if you want to win this thing, I have some advice for you. First of all, and this is advice for any high pressure situation, because you're going to be nervous. You get nervous when things are worthy. Now it could be worthy happy, it could be worthy sad. And when I was a mentor, all four years on American Idol, that was a question people would ask me the most. They go, how do I not be nervous? I'm like, no, no, no. You have to look at nervousness as a gift because it's rare in life that you get to be nervous about something awesome. A lot of times we're nervous. It's nervous about, oh no, doctor results. Oh no, job. Oh no, how are we going to get through the bills this month? Like that's nervousness that you have and it sucks, but you figure out a way to get through it. If you have nervousness for something that is good, you have to look at that as a gift that's being delivered to you and, and appreciate it as much. And don't treat it the same way as bad nerves. So it's like, all right, I'm gonna be nervous for sure, but when they get here, golly, how lucky am I that I get to be nervous for something good? That's the first thing you have to do. So you're probably gonna be nervous. Number two, if you can keep your heart rate down a bit, because that's what a lot of nerves do is they elevate the heart rate. Think about when you're your best, or your funniest, or your smartest, you run the fastest, you it's when you're normal and there's no pressure on you. It's when you're just hanging out. It's when you're the funniest. And so you're just trying to get as close to that as possible. When the heart rate gets up, you're like, oh God, oh God, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. You tighten up. Choking is when you perform lesser because the pressure is on. Choking is not performing bad if you just always perform bad and a high pressure. That's just being normal. But choking is. You actually are way worse when the pressure's on, but that's because your body takes over with all the heart rate, all the, oh my God, all the bad thoughts. I would visualize good things happening. And some of that visualization stuff is hooey. I'll be honest with you. But if you're going to have to visualize something, you might as well visualize something good. That's how I see it. It's almost like superstition. I don't believe in superstitions, but just in case, just in case I don't want to mess with it in case. It, so I visualize good things. And I don't think me visualizing good things though is going to make it happen. But I do think there's a possibility if I am well, this is going to suck. It's going to suck because I'm going to will myself into it. So you're visualizing good things. As far as being a leader with your team, remain positive. Be encouraging. If you go down a couple questions, hey, we got this, guys. Hey, focus up. It's, it's positive talking to them. It's talking in between. It's making sure that people know that you're not asking them to do anything that you wouldn't do. 
Just set a good example and go win the thing. And success breeds more like people wanting to do it as well. I saw Tom Brady win Super Bowls, and I thought, well, if that really good-looking guy can do it, well, I'm also a really good-looking athletic guy. I might as well go. (laughs) I didn't. But I think you got it. But that's what you do. And don't be upset. Don't be scared. Don't be – don't feel like your nerves are a bad thing because they're awesome. You're lucky. Eighth grade, that's awesome. I was captain in seventh grade of the 12th grade team. Not to flex too hard, but <laughs> the big flex. That's man. it. That is what it is. I'm like, that's like her. She's awesome. So go have it. The only time I got kicked out of a game, I did get kicked out of a game once. You argued? No. But the question was, what is the national holiday for trees? Arbor oh. Day. Yeah, it is right. But I and I always buzzed in so quick. I would buzz in not even knowing what the question was yet. What's the national holiday for? Trees? Boom! I would just buzz in because I felt like I could get there. And so today, what's the national holiday for? And right when she, she was about to say trees, I hit the button. So she still got trees out. I didn't know the answer. And my whole team's up there. We were, it's like semifinals. And I said, hmm, I don't know, but I bet it's tremendous. Oh my God. <laughs> That's quick. I got jerked out of the game. Come on. And I was the captain. And she was like, you can't be in seventh grade and do stupid stuff like that. You can't make jokes? It was, no, not then. <laughs> oh. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. It's so funny though. Not really, but... <laughs> I remember that. That was my style. I buzzed in all the time. I was, I was, that was the only thing that I was like celebrated at because I got beat up a lot. You know, life was tough as a kid. But I, when I was in Quiz Bowl or like a learn or geography B, I was like the kid that would, it was like when a good athlete is playing, like, oh, wow, there he is. He's a really good running back. People are like, there he is. Oh. Quiz Bowl captain. Dang, look Quick. at him. It's, all, it's only like two days a year, but it's awesome, man. <laughs> uh, good luck. I hope you kill it. Let me know how it goes. Thank you very much. Close the mailbag. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. It's a Bobby Bones Show interview. In case you didn't know. Nate Smith. He is a former worship leader, a lifelong music lover, and he's from Paradise, California. Big Garth, Tom Petty, Fleetwood Mac fan, drove an Uber, worked in the medical industry, Got a really big song right now called Whiskey on You. Here's a clip. On Instagram, at Nate Smith. And here he is now. Nate Smith, everybody. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Nate Smith. Hey, Nate. Here you are, buddy. You're going for number one. I mean, can you believe it? What's up, Bobby? I can't believe it. It's, it's a weird thing because I'm sure, like, this was your goal and you knew you could do it. But now that it's actually happened and you have a song, again, that's battling for number one on the chart, it's got to feel a little surreal. What do you think about that? True or false? <laughs> Definitely true. Definitely true. What's What's been different in your life over the past five or six weeks since this song has really started to take off? I just think uh, just been a lot of excitement with my family and my friends and everybody's everybody's watching the chart, man. Um, so it's, it's, it's good to know that I got everybody around me root me on so i think nate's turned into a bigger star even in the past five or six weeks and i'll tell you why um i texted him and i didn't get a text back oh oh yeah it's an indicator right there <laughs> well actually i i texted you a fake album cover because our last interview we talked about being a uh, nurse assistant and i said more poop than you could imagine and you're like that's the that's the uh, name of my album so i did a picture with the, the album title on it and i sent it to you and you hearted it and i'm like he hates me are you sure you said that to me <laughs> dude 
We Dude, both have the wrong long. number. We're both texting somebody that's not each other at this point. I did change it. I, did I, I, uh-huh. I need to go look. What hour did you text it to me, though? Because if I was doing the radio show. Oh, there's, yeah, 1045. Yeah, I was still working. Mm. Dang. I'll, I'll go back and check. But I did have a new, you have my new number, right? No, we got to do that. No, I think you do. I think that's the only number you have. <laughs> okay. Have you changed your number? I did. I did change my number. Oh, okay. Wait, okay. So that's the issue. I'm texting whoever's got Nate's old number. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, also, he thinks you hate him because you just hearted it, but you should explain to him that. Oh, the heart's the biggest yeah. sign of. Bobby likes that. Uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like as much phone affection as you could possibly get. I don't throw the heart around. I throw the you thumbs don't. up around. The heart, I don't throw around. That's good to know because I think I always extra heart. Like I heart every little thing that someone gets to kind of go, I received the message. I appreciate what you said. And it's probably over the top. Yeah, the heart is not I received the message. Thumbs up is I receive it and I, okay, I see it and I got it and I somewhat agree. The heart is I want to make sweet love to you in your album cover. Oh. <laughs> the thumbs up is kind of like rude though, isn't it? Like, yeah, man. <laughs> like It's kind of like passive aggressive. See, I don't think it is. Do you? Well, I have felt that way in the past, but I think because you've explained to me, it's just an effective way of communicating. It's very clear that you're responding to that specific text with exclamation, thumbs up, or heart. I'm giving a satisfaction on the thumbs up, or I see what you said. This is me acknowledging it, and I will follow through with what you've said. The heart is, you're sexy. <laughs> okay, look, Nate Smith is on with us. He's got the song Whiskey on You. Hey, do you have a cool story about when you wrote this song? Like, where did you write it? Were you in like a one of these generic rooms where you're just meeting with other good writers? I don't know. What, what's the deal here? The short version is uh, me and my uh, ex-girlfriend broke up, obviously. Uh, like, she's an ex now because we, we broke up. But um, <laughs> we broke up, and then two days later, uh, I had a writer's retreat um, at Jim Catino's place his lake house and uh ended up writing it out there and um we did the whole demo that day i sang the vocal at the at the kitchen table on a on a like a cheap mic and then we went to nashville and we we we, uh we ended up recording everything over at blackbird and stuff and it just didn't feel the same so we ended up just mixing the demo and that's what's out that's that's the vocal you're hearing that's the music you're hearing it's just the demo did you write a lot of good songs that writers were treated did you think a lot of them were good and be honest here or did you think this one was like super special and so you fought for it yeah no i definitely like because we had two we had two rooms going at one time so i was trying to juggle between the two rooms but i felt like this was the one i needed to spend the most time on so i probably neglected the other right uh and uh but i spent most of my time on this one so you gave the other right the thumbs up, mm. and you gave this right the heart. Mm, that's right. <laughs> exactly what happened. That's what it's... <laughs> you're too good. You're too good at this. Yeah, that's what, exactly what happened. Uh, you have... I just looked at your TikTok. You have like 1.4, 1.5 million followers. Do you... Are you able to monetize your TikTok followers directly, or are you just hoping they're fans that will come to shows? I don't know how to do all the monetizing. Um, you get a little bit of money from like the lives and stuff like that, but I'm, I am hoping that, that people pre-save songs from there and then obviously come to shows, so... His name is Nate Smith. He was going to come in live, and I was looking forward to it very much so. But What happened? Well, what happened was I saw how much you've been thumbs up and, and not enough hearting, so I said, let's hold the guy for a few weeks. Um, but cool. actually, he has a new album that's going to come out now in April, so we're going to wait for his in-studio appearance in, uh, in April. Why'd the album get pushed back a bit? Wait, so I'm, I'm in Bobby Bones' purgatory. You right? are. You're in the middle. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it got pushed because it was like we were going to drop it um, in February with not a whole lot going on. I was like, this doesn't really make any sense. Like, why do it while I'm sitting on the couch in Nashville? Let's do it while I'm out stagecoach, the Thomas Rhett tour, like lots of stuff happening so we can promote it and push it. So I think it makes more sense to do it with stuff happening than just laying there, thumbing, we, thumbing you. 
We have, uh, well, first of all, we're looking forward to that, you coming in here. We have a guy on the show, Lunchbox, who loves to call 911, and we were talking about that um, yesterday. You, how do you feel about 911? Have you ever called 911? Has there ever been a real-life emergency? Or are you scared to call like I am because you feel like you'll end up in jail? So when I was nine years old, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was with my brother. We were at uh, dog training for one of our, our, our dogs, and um, we, we used the pay phone there. Uh, there was actually, that's how long ago this was. And uh, I, I convinced my brother that it was grandma at 911 and to make Beavis and Butthead jokes and stuff. So we're like calling uh, whoever's on the line of Butthead and all this kind of stuff. And then we kept doing it. And then a police officer showed up, and it was actually my dad because um, he was a cop. Uh, so he showed up, and he actually handcuffed us, put us against the wall. We had to go in and, and say sorry to all the dispatchers. And still <gasps> to this day, I see my dad's old uh, coworkers. They call me 911 boy. That's oh, my gosh. He what? put him in the penitentiary. Bad, bad he served six months in jail. <laughs> like, your dad really went through with it. I like that. I was a bad boy. He's a bad boy. Uh, Nate Smith, congrats. I think the song's going to do it. It's a great song. Uh, big fan of you, even though I don't have his new number, apparently. I've been texting with some lady now who has Nate's old number. But congrats, and we'll see you when the album comes out. And anything else you want to say on your, on your final trip here on the phone, Nate? Just, just love you guys so yes. much. I appreciate all the help and everything. And nice. I will text you my new number right now so you can stop, you know, feeling neglected. Well, I'm going to give this interview a thumbs up. Oh. I give it a heart. <laughs> no, I give it a thumbs up. No, you know what? I give, I give it a... What are the other ones? I give it a ha-ha. Oh, oh ha-ha. I give it a exclamation ha-ha. points? Yes. Exclamation. Nah, I give it a ha-ha. <laughs> All right, Nate. See you, buddy. See ya. All right, bye. There he is. Nate Smith. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. Four years ago, April Gavin returned back to her home in Oregon after a flight from Chicago. Her suitcase did not make the trip, so she spent several months searching for the suitcase. The airline was like, we don't know where it is, but we'll pay you for it. She's like, man, you can't find it anywhere? No, we're very sorry. Here's some money. Well, somehow, someway, they located the suitcase, and they gave it back to April. This is months later. The suitcase had turned up at an airport in Houston after arriving on a flight from Honduras. I think it's all around the world. Oh, wow. Wow. It was in Honduras, explained April in a video she posted on social media, and who knows where else it went. The bag was slightly damaged and worn, but everything else was in good shape. Nothing was stolen, and there was some really important stuff in there that she didn't want to be lost, and she she got to keep the money, too. Awesome. Hey, that's a win-win. And what I want to do in this segment is let you know you can put an air tag in your suitcase. My wife and I went on a trip, and I got I had talked about it on the show because they were like, "Hey, you don't have to travel back and put take your big bags and put them through uh, customs or security. So we'll mail them back for you." And we're like, "Wow, talk about a perk! This is crazy." Luckily, we put air tags on our suitcases and our dogs. We don't want to lose either one of them. <laughs> and so we got home, and there were no bags, and there were no bags for day. And so we got on, we see what, and they were just trapped in an airport. We didn't get our bags for almost a month and a half. And not only that, we had to go, no, the bag is right here, according to the, we had to like argue with them because yeah. and they finally found our bags and we got them back. One of the wheels was broken, but we got paid too. And, but we got our stuff back because we could tell them exactly where it was with the air tag. Yeah, I bet they're, they're not used to that. And those air tags, you can take them out and put them in different things. So as soon as I got back from the bags and I, I put them in, I got one of my keys, I got one of my wallet. They're mm-hmm. great for that. But I that was a cool story and a way for me to tell you guys there, and there aren't there are other options too other than air tags like little cards, the tiles. They're like yeah, the tiles. Yeah, you got got to keep track of your stuff that you aren't able to be with the whole time. You got to put one maybe surgically implanting your kid. Uh, yes, I love that. Yeah, it's, there's a lot <laughs> of where they are yeah, always. Yeah. All right, that's the good news. That's what it's all about. <laughs> that was tell me something good. There's a new episode of the Bobby Cast up right now with Jake Owen. 
It's an hour of us, you know, getting super personal with him. And he talks about why his name is Jake Owen, because that's not his real name. His name's Josh Owen. But when he moved to town, there was already a Josh Owen. And he tried all these different names, but just with people to see how they felt. And this is that conversation right here. I'd never heard this story told like this. But here's Jake Owen on the origin of his stage name. I remember in that second apartment that I ended up getting, there was a pool party going on that day when I moved in. The guy below me that I met, his name was Dave and his wife, Kathy, I still talk to. Um, they helped me move in. And at the time, you got to understand, like, I'd gone through my whole life known as Josh. That was my birth given name, Josh and Jared, uh, my twin brother. But I didn't want to be Josh. That was another thing that kind of felt empowering in a weird way. People often say, they're like, oh, would you move to town and then label made you change your name? I'm like, nah, man, I was Jake like the day I moved to town. Why? But, Why? But in an instant... Like in an instant, I changed it. I remember talking to my mom on the way up, like, what am I going to go by? Like, I can't go as Josh. And I'll tell you why. Josh Turner at the time was on the radio. There was a Josh Grayson. who was another guy on the radio. It was great. And then there was a guy named Josh Owen, which made me solidify it even more. I dropped a CD off under Josh Owen at BMI two weeks before I moved to Nashville. I actually came up here to, to, to case the place, you know, like, can I live here? And then I went back to Tallahassee two weeks later is when I called my parents and said, I'm moving tomorrow. But... While I was here, I dropped a, a CD off at the time to BMI up front, Josh Owen, whatever. When I got back, I called them on it. They're like, yeah, they said you'd come by the day before. And I'm like, definitely did not. And they're like, no, we have your album here too. And so I went back by there and the album that they had was another guy named Josh Owen from Texas, who I think was on Nashville Star maybe even. So there's already a Josh Owen. There was a Josh Turner, Josh Grayson. So I considered, since my middle name's Ryan, there was a moment there I was going to go by JR. Bobby. J.R. Owen? J.R. Owen, baby. Just call me J.R. Like, my mom watched Dallas as a kid, so there was that guy, J.R. And J.R. sounds cowboy country. Kind of cool, yeah. you know? Would you ever consider Ryan? Just so Ryan I, Owen? No, but so this is the funny part. So when I meet Dave and Kathy moving in that day to my apartment, he's like, hey, man, I'm Dave. And I'm like, I'm J.R. <laughs> <laughs> you're a workshop, you're testing just it? Just testing just it out, dude. And my mom had no idea. She overheard me. I could see her, like, like look at me, like, almost laugh. And I'm like, I'm, in my mind, I'm looking at her like, don't say anything. Like, I'm J.R. to this guy. He knows no different. <laughs> So uh, I'm down on the I'm down at the pool or whatever a few minutes later and I'm meeting some people he's introing me to that are that are I've already lived in this place and it's kind of the whole like hey he's the new guy I moved here he plays music too and and I said to this one other guy I'm like I'm Jake man what's up and uh, I remember that's when my buddy Dave was like wait I thought you said your name was Jr and I was like well it is but I go by Jake so like the Jake Ryan it's the J I'm just gonna go by Jake. And it was just easier. And I started going by Jake that day at the pool party. To this day, that's what everybody's called me. And in a weird way, since I'm 41 now, and I was 22 then, like half of my life I was known as one thing, and the other half I've been known as this. And in a weird way, way more people know me now as Jake than ever knew me as Josh. I still don't mind when I go home and some of my friends call me Josh. They do. Totally. And they can't help it. But then there's some people too that call me Josh just to like kind of get at me. Because they know if I call you Josh, then you know I know you mm -hmm. before. The and they gym. really didn't, really. And they really didn't. All right, that's Jake Owen. Hear that full hour up on the Bobbycast. It's a podcast I do. It is an hour long, super in-depth and personal with Jake Owen slash Josh Owen slash J.R. Owen slash whatever. <laughs> it's all there. Check it out. The only way Lunchbox can go visit Todd Chrisley in prison in Florida is if Todd puts him on a list. And we've told Lunchbox... If he puts you on the list, you can take off from the show and drive down and go visit him. Awesome. You ever visited anyone in prison? No, just been visited in prison. 
You weren't in prison. That's you were jail. in jail. And oh. that was a bit we did on the show. <laughs> and you were out in 24 hours. <laughs> that ain't, but, but that ain't did, the big house. That's but, a small house. But they did Very say different. my name over the thing and go to, you know, visitation room two. And I walk in there and it was just like on TV where there's the window and the, you, you pick up the phone and you talk to another guy on the other side. He's a lawyer. Right? It's like, yeah. And I was like, when, it, when they called my name, I was like, dang, my dad's here to see me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't your dad, though, was but it? No, it was the lawyer. I had no idea who it was. I was like, how'd my dad know how to find me? Lunchbox got one call out of prison. For jail. Sorry, now he's convincing me he was in jail. <laughs> we did a bit, whatever. Lunchbox went to jail, and he got one call, and he called me. And so I had to call his parents and be like, hey, Lunchbox is in jail. Oh, <laughs> no. It's a weird call, man. <laughs> so, Lunch wants to go visit Todd Chrisley, and I think that's awesome. And Todd was a guest host on our show. We know Todd Chrisley. We didn't know what he was up to, but we know. So, to go visit, he's got to be on a list. Todd's got to put you on a list. The only way we can get a hold of him is by writing a letter. You've written it. How long is it? It's not that long. Okay. Here is Lunchbox's letter to Todd Chrisley with the intention of getting on a list to go visit him. Okay, here we go. Todd, I hope you're doing well and settling in and getting comfortable in your new dig. <laughs> it's Lunchbox. You might remember me playing with you in a charity softball game a few years ago. I was on your team then, and I'm on your team now. Oh, A lot of innocent people get wrongly convicted every oh, come day. On. And it's a shame this happened to you. The Todd I know doesn't deserve to be in prison. Women commit fraud every day with their push-up bras, spanks, and all that makeup. <laughs> but they're still out here walking the streets. What? But they have you locked up for the next 12 years. Oh Seems crazy if you ask me. <laughs> I'm heading to Florida in a few weeks, so I wanted to stop in and catch up on life. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do me a solid, I need you to add me to your visitor list so I can get past the guards. Let me know if you need me to bring anything and keep your head up. We will get through this together. <laughs> I will always be the captain of Team Todd. TT for life. Your BFF lunchbox. I like it's it. pretty good. It's a good really letter. Good. The only thing I think I would put in there is I really want to come. I mean, you really have to, because he could think it was a joke. He could think you're just kidding with him. Like, put me on the list so I can get past the guards. I would just say, I do want to come visit you if that's cool, but I need to be on the list. Like, seriously. Mm. Like, okay. Seriously. So I, I should put P.S.? Like, yeah, P.S. I'm as serious. much as this seemed funny, it was, but I would love to come see you. So let me know if you can put me on the list. Okay. There just needs to be a serious line. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, that was good, right? I, you know, I'm, man, I, ooh, so is it okay that he's like lying about the whole being on your side kind of thing? I, have, I You know what, Eddie? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he went a little hard on he that did. one. He did. Because he's definitely not. He actually did the research that convinced us <laughs> exactly. of the opposite. Because I was like, I don't know. What do I know about this case? Sometimes people in Lunchbox, well, actually, he did it. And here's how why I think that. Yeah. Man, so, when you read into it, it didn't seem like he did it. Okay, but now you just contradicted yeah, yourself. Yeah, I know, but but for, for the letter. TT for life. <laughs> yeah, TT for life, man. Send it off today. Okay. And then every week or so, we'll just check in and see if you've got oh, a letter back. What if he writes back? Are there any rules? Can you send it next day air to prison? Or do you have to send it regular? Like, how, mm. Is there a rule on the envelopes coming in? I, you know, I like don't know FedEx. what kind of packages they can get in prison. <laughs> like, can I send a care package? Like, could I send goldfish with it? No. Probably not. You have to get And they're going to look at every letter that's sent, obviously. Oh, yeah. They check it for drugs, everything. But I wonder if you could just send, because we use stamps.com. Can we just send it like UPS? Like, yeah, that's a good guy question. Guy in the brown truck drives up. That's Todd Chrisley. <laughs> you should call the prison and ask him. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do that. Man, that's cool. We'll check with you in about a week or so. It's, <laughs> we won't hear anything in a week, but we'll check with you anyway. Okay. All right. Nice job. Whoa. The Bible. 
show. Here's Amy's pile of stories. A poll found that the average adult keeps 20 toys from their childhood, mostly to pass down to their own kids and grandchildren. And the three most commonly kept toys are Barbie dolls, Legos, and Hot Wheels. Well, I have Barbie dolls, but <laughs> you just bought those. They're new Barbie dolls. They're Arkansas Razorback cheerleaders from like the 90s. I don't have any toys, but I really didn't have any toys as a kid. So I don't have any. Eddie, you have any toys you saved? No, I'm trying to think, but I, I'd say like maybe when we were in college, my wife, we were dating, and she kind of got me into the whole like get rid of all your stuff. Like you don't need all that. She stuff. got you into it. She forced you to do <laughs> oh. it. There's a difference. But I was a rat, pa- like whatever, a pack, pack rat. rat yeah. yeah, and I would keep everything, but she kind of turned me into that mindset. You? I have Madame Alexander dolls. My grandmother bought them for me every Christmas, and so I had this collection. They're still somewhere, but that's all I have. It's not a toy. You just look at it. I got every toy I ever owned. You have anything? I have baseball cards. That's it. That's that's cool. For the reason of? Because uh, I thought they were going to be worth a lot of money, and I would be able to sell them. I didn't think about passing them on to my kids. But now that I have kids, I guess they can have them. But I have zero toys. Why don't you get those appraised and see if they're worth any money? I should. I still have some that like you buy the box, like packs, and you don't open them because they're supposed to be worth a lot of money Ooh. later. So I have a bunch of those in my closet in my parents' house. Unopened. Unopened. If you bring those in, unopened, this week, just let me look. I don't even want to look at the cards. I just want to see what the boxes are. Okay. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make a bid to go in half with you. You don't have to say yes. I'll just make a bid. Go in half on what? On whatever he makes when he sells them? Yeah, like I will buy... The rights to half of the cards, and we may get way less later. Gotcha. We may get way more. Yeah. But he can also say no. Yeah, I'll have to look at it. I, I know I got football, baseball, <laughs> well, bring basketball. Them, bring the boxes in, okay. and we'll take a look. And I'll go. Okay. Oh, so you have a 1999 box of Fleer. I'll give you ninety dollars, like this, and then I own. Oh, and then, and, then and then you own half. And then we'll get them appraised, and like we'll have Mike track somebody down and get them appraised. Like okay. we'll do all that work too. That's pretty cool. All right. So it's free money, right? Yeah. I'm probably going to lose more money with him. <laughs> Golly. All right, go ahead. There's a doctor who hasn't showered in uh, about five years. That's crazy. <laughs> and he's doing it because he says, as humans, we don't need to shower like we do. We're killing the... How come every other doctor says the opposite? <laughs> and he's the one that does that. So we're like, oh, maybe he's onto something. Well, we're showering off all the bacteria that we're supposed to have, even the good bacteria that ultimately eats the odors so yeah yeah yeah. but he says you have to build it up like you'll stink at first but then as time passes no then you you stop smelling yourself (laughs) but you still stink he said you won't smell you'll just smell like a person no you'll just not smell yourself anymore it's like if you have cats or your house would smell like cigarettes back in the day you wouldn't smell it anymore because you live there. Mm-hmm. But he walks around, everybody's like, oh, God. No, he, he's like, and also, for some reason, people don't stand around you anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, we probably shower too much. If you're like me, yes, okay, I get it. But I don't think you should not shower for five years. Culturally, that d- in yeah, some know, cultures, like, they fart at dinner to show how good the meal is. Uh, what? Really? Yeah. What culture is that? Hmm. That's Tell awesome. Us more. Or they yeah, like or, or they burp like oh. right loud too. Mm-hmm. They have all cultures are different. Wow. This guy's culture, I'm not part of. <laughs> I don't like it. I wonder how many patients he lost when this story came yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? Okay, I got a personal question for you, Bobby. If you're out at a bar and Arkansas loses, do you have to go home or could you lead a sing along? I've kind of done this. 
You've, you've done the sing-along? No, but we played a show in Arkansas Lost, and oh, then we had yeah. to go out and perform. So, yeah. Okay, you but you have... had to perform. Yeah. This is like just by choice, having fun at a bar, no. lead a sing-along. Okay, well, because <laughs> that's what Toby Keith did. He's a diehard Oklahoma fan, and he was out at a bar, an OSU bar, and uh, led a sing-along for Should Have Been a Cowboy. Should Have Been a Cowboy. It's Toby Keith. He's in a good spirit. He's like beating cancer right now. Yeah. I'd probably lead a sing-along for anything if that were the case, because some stuff is just bigger than games. Unless it's Arkansas games, and nothing's bigger. <laughs> good point. That was Amy's pile of stories. Come on. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. A couple weeks ago, someone broke into the Make a Difference dog rescue in Detroit, Michigan. It's like the fifth time in the last year people have broken in. They stole four little pooches. So they put up flyers. They found the dogs. But they're like, guys, this has to stop happening. And some donor saw the news story and was like, we got to help them out. Wrote them a check. $500,000 so they can get better security and find a new place where it's a little bit more secure. And. Well, well, security, security. Yeah, yeah that's why that's secure. And Cordy, I'm, I'm looking here on Zillow for five hundred thousand bucks. It looks like they got a tent <laughs> in the back corner of town. Oh man, See, it's the market now, you know. Right. You know how we know this is not lunchbox? Uh, I do mm-hmm. because he would have put his name all over it. It would have been yeah. called Lunchbox's Dog Rescue. Oh, yeah. oh that's funny. He would have named it after. <laughs> Absolutely. Here, guys, I'm going to tell you what. I'll donate five hundred thousand. Change the name because that's why people give money to buildings, right? Like. That's so cool to have your name on a building. No, they pay for that. Some, don't they? No, no. Some, it oh. just depends. So let's say you are heavily, um, you work with a hospital that does a lot of work for, for kids. Okay. I know a family who this hospital saved their kid's life. So they felt indebted to the doctors and the kids. I don't know them super close, but they're very rich. So what they did is they updated like the entire wing uh, structurally. They gave a lot of money to it. So they just named that wing in the building after that. That's what I'm right. talking about. But they didn't. Buy, they didn't do that to get their name on the building. Correct, but if you want to buy the the high rise, you can pay to put your. Oh, name Oh, you up literally there. can buy a totally. place. That, you can put your name on your house, Lunchbox. You <laughs> no, 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 no yeah. but I'm saying like you can be named John Hopkins University, right? Like by donating a lot of money. No, not. You have to start the university, basically. <laughs> well, in in, the, in there a hospital, John Hopkins. Yeah. yeah but yes, to your point, there's gyms, there's buildings <laughs> at college. Awesome. You can do that too. Like, yes. like a high school. Like Jerry Jones at the University of Arkansas yeah. has a Jerry Jones football complex. That's what I'm talking about. Because he basically about. he paid for it, but he's also an alumni there, mm-hmm. and he didn't do it just to get his name on it. Oh, I thought you'd do it just to get your name on it. He's passionate about the sport and keeping it you alive do and something. having the like, best of the best. Even if it's small, buy something, get your name on it. You should call your high school to see if they change the name to you. No, 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 a chair. Oh. Just oh. a chair in like the <laughs> music room or something. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I am one of the most famous people to ever come out of Anderson right. High School, so they could name a wing after me. Yeah. No, call them and say you want to donate a, locker. a chair. A locker. <laughs> a locker. <laughs> you, you'll donate 100 bucks if they'll name a locker after you. I love and it. And I tell you what, if they will, I will give them the 100 bucks. Wow. And will we go have a ceremony? I won't go back for that, but no. we can digitally get, we can go in. So call them and see how much it would cost for them to dedicate a locker to you. Okay. And if it's a hundred bucks or so, I'll pay for it. And then you'll go back and be at the ceremony. That would be awesome. Maybe they put a plaque. Cause I remember where my locker was. One of my lockers. Well, that's what my it would be. Year. It'd be a plaque or some kind of like, yeah. Okay. Make the call. I'll call them. All right. Thank you. That is what, it, this is about dogs, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that is what it's all about. That was tell me something good. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.